Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bible Reading Plan podcast for our second episode of the day on uh, January 7, Thursday. Um, back with you today because um, during the morning podcast, I mentioned a topic that I wanted to touch on again just to clarify and expand and invite you in to think and ponder more deeply about, and that is repentance and the role between and relationship between repentance and baptism. So um, baptism is something that's really important in my story and uh, an important cornerstone in my theology. So I care that I make sure that I make myself clear and understood. And um, I think when I was talking with Nancy about it this morning, there were some of the thoughts I shared that were not fully formed or articulated well and I want to make sure that uh, I don't uh, say anything that uh, unnecessarily throws off uh, you in what you're thinking about. And uh, maybe I don't want to push any buttons or you know trip any triggers or anything like that. So uh, let's talk about repentance and baptism. How do they relate? Um, first, to talk about repentance. Um, repentance is a uh, an old word, an, a, an important word that is used throughout the scriptures. And when I think of repentance, I uh, commonly think of the story in Isaiah 6, where Isaiah, um, you know, it's a king, he's in the temple and um, he's performing his duties as a priest. And all of a sudden, he receives a revelation from God of God's glory and love and power and splendor. And his initial response is, Woe is me. Who am I? I'm a man of unclean lips. What do I, what did I do to deserve to be in the presence of God? Like, I should not be here. Immediate sense of his humanity, his um, sin, um, and he repents. And uh, his lips are cleansed with the coal. And God says, No, it's okay for you to be here. It's repentance. Fast forward to John the Baptist, which is has more to do with the Acts story that we we're talking about. John is basically saying to the people, um, if we want the Messiah, to, the Messiah is coming soon. Um, he, is, I'm unworthy to un untie his sandals even. So since we are unworthy of the presence of God, like Isaiah was, let's confess, let's repent and let's signify our repentance and symbolize our desire to wash ourselves, to be cleansed of sin by being baptized. Of course, then Jesus comes and is baptized. And Jesus redefines, that's kind of the, um, the apex moment. Jesus redefines that act of baptism because obviously Jesus has nothing to repent of. Jesus comes in, is baptized by John, and John is um, is rightly uh, uh, confused and amazed, I think, by this, that Jesus, the Son of God, would submit himself to uh, baptism underneath John's authority. And what Jesus is doing is he's redefining baptism, not primarily to be about repentance, because Jesus doesn't have anything to repent for, repent of, but to redefine it as this is a moment where I, my identity in Christ is affirmed, that I the Spirit descends, 
God's voice comes and says, this is my son whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. And then Jesus is sent from there into ministry. Um, well, he's from, sent there from there into uh, the wilderness to be tested and tried. Um, and then he's sent from there into ministry. Um, then fast forward again, Pentecost happens. Jesus dies on the cross, raises again, ascends. And he says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. And uh, the people on Pentecost experience the outpouring of God's spirit as a gift, as a um, as an accompaniment of God, as the third person of the Trinity uh, being poured out in abundance upon all, fulfilling all the promises of the Old Testament, you know, from Joel to Moses himself. Um, the spirit gets poured out. And what happens? Peter stands up and proclaims the good news in front of thousands of people to say, uh, Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, we killed him. Even though he came to reveal God's love to us, we killed him. And people are cut to the heart. People have uh, had a revelation of Christ. Um, they have heard the story of what has already happened, that God loved them so much that he sent his only son, um, that they shouldn't perish but have eternal life. They hear that news, and their response is to repent and be baptized. So from there, fast forward again. Now you have Paul, who is going throughout um, all the churches, and he goes to Ephesus and sees what's happening in um, Acts 19. These people don't know about the Holy Spirit. They don't know about Pentecost. They don't even know there is a Holy Spirit. They're still practicing John's baptism. So the difference here is just like the law and just like maybe even circumcision, we talked about this in um, Galatians. All of Galatians is about this. Romans 7, it was good. It was a good thing before Christ. It was the best that John could do to help invite people into God's covenant family. But now that has already been done in the Holy Spirit, that Christ, to the his death and resurrection and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, has invited God's people back into relationship with God. He has made atonement already. Something has happened historically that has changed the um, fundamental fabric of the universe, that we are now oriented towards an invitational posture from God who says, who has made the initiative, who has made the act, who has um, done the work, who has made the sacrifice, who has offered himself um, for our redemption. And so now there is a story of something that has happened. And yet these people are still repenting and baptizing like they did when John, they were following John. What that tells us is that they still think, just like the law, it's about their performance about them doing the right things or getting their act together or being able to recount all of their sins and and uh, putting themselves together before coming to God for redemption. And what Paul is emphatic about is that the Holy Spirit has already been poured out because of God's love showed through Jesus Christ on the cross. Um, because of what Christ has done, um, the fundamental story is not that you um, you you need to repent before coming to God, but even in our sin, that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. 
And so um, the baptism has taken on a new significance because of the new covenant of Christ. That yes, repentance is part of the response to God's love and revelation, just like it's always been from Isaiah. But now the fundamental story is that God has already done something in Christ and any repentance is simply a response to what Christ has done, not an invocation of it, not a, um, not our, our repentance is not our initiative um, in the relationship with God. God has already initiated a relationship with us and our repentance as represented in baptism is a response and it's uh, a mystery. It's part of what's caught up in the mystery of how God has showed love to sinners like us to redeem us, regardless of our own ability to get out of it. That John's baptism was not significant, um, was not effective enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't sufficient to uh, be our salvation. Only God, through the Holy Spirit, can draw people to Himself. And um, our repentance, our um, contrition, our confession is a natural outflowing in response to that. And it's caught up in the act of being baptized. Um, even when infants are baptized, um, parents are involved in the good work of repenting and saying, before God, we are going this way as a family. But now because of what God has done, we are, we are, um, we are standing up for our child and saying, we are going to raise them in a new way. That's repentance. And that's involved in the act of baptism. So I hope um, no one gets the impression that I am uh, anti-repentance. I hope um, I hope you know that uh, repentance is an essential and important part um, before, during, and after our relationship with God. And that um, what I want you to hear loud and clear is that God's love in in Christ comes before. Um, everything that God loved us first and anything we can do um, in response to God is simply that a response. So everybody, thanks for tuning in, listening. I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Um, if you have anything to add, um, what does repentance mean to you? What is the role between repentance and baptism? What is the role of baptism in your life? Uh, what is the role of Holy Spirit in your life? Uh, I would love to hear from you. Uh, what your thoughts are about this too. So send me an email, brendanmcclenahan at victorypoint.org, and I'd love to catch up with you then. All right, until then, bye.